I get it. We're all busy, which is why I'm sending out short, simple, but powerful tips via text to help you elevate your speaking business. Text me the word speaker to 704-228-9495 to get on this free list. That's the word speaker to 704-228-9495. Are you a meeting planner or hosting your own event and you're looking for incredible women speakers? We've got you covered. Head to micdropworkshop.com slash roster to find your next keynote speaker from our roster of vetted inspirational women. That's micdropworkshop.com slash roster. Welcome back to Business on the Bright Side. Today, we are going to go over three ways to make your website accessible. I am so thrilled that my current website, jessextrum.com, now has a 100% score in accessibility rating. And it is all thanks to our guest today, Myrna Deremy. So Myrna is a digital media optimization expert. Um, she calls it DMO expert for short. And she helps small businesses optimize their marketing strategies across all digital platforms. And also just like overcome your fear of tech, which I know she's done that for me. So without further ado, let's welcome Myrna. What's up, everybody? It is Jess Ekstrom, and welcome to Business on the Bright Side, the podcast where you can learn how to make a living and make a difference at the same time. Life is short, and so is my attention span. So let's get started. All right. So Myrna and I met through, was it Share the Mic Now? That was how we got going? Share the Mic Now. Yeah. Yeah. And little did we know it was going to be love at first sight (laughs) and And that you would, you wouldn't be able to get rid of me. (laughs) I told her that she was stuck with me and she was like, ah, no, you're stuck with me. Yep. It was agreed. It was was agreed upon, but (laughs) I, I, I've loved the work that you've done in like, people know the term SEO, but you have really coined the term DMO. You want to tell people what DMO is real quick? Absolutely. So DMO stands for digital media optimization, because in this day and age, it is not just about your website. It's not just about all your digital touch points, like your social media. It's about all of it playing a role in how you can optimize how someone can connect with you and your business. And that was something I had no idea about. I was like, oh, I created a pretty website. Like that's, that's enough. Right. But you have taught me not just about like creating a web and mapping out my whole customer journey and where I want people to land, what I want to be known for. Like a lot of people think of tech and they think of like internet speed, you know, but you, it it is more about like the character of who you are and what you might do. Yeah. It is the entire journey of someone engaging with you in the digital space. So um, I, I call it a holistic approach because just like with you know everything, you can't just think that you can put all eggs in one basket. You pretty much have to look at it all in order to really, really assess and actually be able to diagnose how you're doing and then also moving forward, what you may need to do in the future. So it's a big deal. And what you have really stepped into recently, which is why I was like, Myrna, we got to get you on the show because this is freaking incredible, is digital inclusivity. I mean, the more websites that are out there, the more like 
more we are on our computers and on our phones, the more just people that we're going to reach and not everyone is going to have those same capabilities of reading small text on our website. Or if you have a flashing logo that's animated, like what that might do to some people. So tell us a little bit about what is digital inclusivity and how did you get started? And then we'll get into some tips of, of how our listeners can do the same. Of course. So digital inclusivity is another one of those coin phrases that I've kind of come up with. Actually, Jess, you helped me with that. Um, in just understanding the current climate we're in in today's day and age, because with all of the talk about diversity and inclusion and people wanting to have a business that's representative of a lot of different people, there's another aspect to this called accessibility. And I think people tend to not realize that you also not only need to be inclusive and diverse, but you also want to make sure that your website and your web presence is accessible to anyone, someone who has any vision impairment or hearing, um, hard of hearing or any type of hearing loss, people who have cognitive abilities, and even people who have mobility issues. So you want to make sure that you're able to not just reach and interact and engage with people who are outside of your demographic and are more diverse than you, but you also want to make sure that you're more accessible to everyone so that people can access the information you're putting out on the web. And I, I was so glad that you and I connected at when I was at a crossroads with my website where I was leaving my original website, creating my new dressextrum.com and having my podcast website because I felt like you know, meeting you then we were kind of at ground zero to creating something. And I could think about, you know, accessibility, but you also, we'll get to this a little bit later, have a tool that really can help with accessibility. But, you know, for people who are just getting started, they have a website, a blog, contact page, whatever it might be, a podcast page. Let's get into three ways that people can make sure that their website is accessible because it was something that I, again, I never really thought of until we had a few emails from people who were either hard of hearing that, um, that needed information that they weren't able to get where I was like, oh my gosh, we need to do something about this. So step one, you say is run a test. So how would someone run a test to make sure that they are ADA compliant? And also what is ADA compliance? Yeah, we talk about the thing ADA yeah. So ADA compliance is actually something that was created. It was an act created in 1990, which was more deemed toward public physical accommodation spaces, right? So this might be the time when you started to see all the handicapped accessible parking lots, you know, being filled or parkings to be there or buildings having ramps because they wanted to make sure that people with any disabilities, more physical though, were able to um, be accommodated for. But you fast forward to today, and especially after the the um, pandemic, uh, the question of public accommodation became very, very gray because people were not able to go to physical spaces anymore. So now the only place that they could actually interact or engage with any type of business was online. So it kind of ramped up the whole concept of what ADA compliance means in the digital space. So today, as a matter of fact, you know, what's happened is recently there's been some upgrades and some guidelines, and those guidelines are more geared toward making websites more accessible. And so people have gotten, I guess, more wind of it. And so that's why accessibility is becoming now a thing and people need to pay attention to it. So what, um, when we think about accessibility, you know, I would say, like you were saying, the old school way of thinking about it is like, is there a wheelchair ramp and can everyone physically get from one location to the other? Right. What 
are some, some disabilities that from a digital standpoint, we should be thinking about. Like, for example, I was on TikTok the other day and as I was scrolling, there was like a trigger warning that, you know, that this next video has a lot of like flashing lights that could cause seizures. And, and so they gave you a heads up before you kept scrolling. And I was like, oh, that's really great. I didn't even know that that, you know, was something that people needed to look out for. So what are those things? So basically it comes down to, of course, we have the physical, if someone's, you know, may not have mobility for a mouse or their fingers to move, or they may not even have an arm to actually like utilize to actually click on anything. There's that obviously, but there's also, and this is, I think the big one people really identify with if someone is um, hearing impaired or hard of hearing versus someone who has loss of vision, um, who someone deemed as blind. Those are the obvious ones. But then you also have people who maybe ADHD, have ADHD where you know they need focal points. There may be someone to your point who may have or suffer from epileptic seizures, which is if they have a lot of moving or lights going on, it could trigger that. Um, there's also people who may have difficulty in um, understanding words or text with dysgraphia um, so that they see words in a different way. So there's so many other impairments slash disabilities that I think people aren't aware of that are more cognitive related. They're more invisible. And I think those are the ones when it comes to the digital space, we need to be a lot more accommodating for and be aware of. I love it. That's great information. Have you ever thought about starting a podcast to build your brand and get speaking reps? But then you realize, actually, wait, that sounds like a lot of work. For Amplify, we use EarFluence, a full service audio and video podcast production company. While anyone can and should start a podcast, I recommend you stay in your zone of genius and leave the podcast production to the experts. You can schedule a free consult today by visiting earfluence.com slash amplify. That's earfluence.com slash amplify. One of the most common questions I get is how to speak with confidence, whether you're giving a TED talk, leading a meeting at work, or even just speaking up at your kid's PTA meeting. So you're in luck. I created a short ebook with all of my favorite speaking hacks, and it is absolutely free. Go to micdropworkshop.com slash ebook. That's micdropworkshop.com slash ebook. And so how would someone, step one of three ways to make your site accessible, how would someone be able to run a test on this? There are several tests out there that are free. There's companies like Wave, there's a company Ace, there's another one that's called Site Improve. They test your website and they literally like run your site to, through the test. Because in these guidelines that were created for the web for ADA compliance, there's about 30 to 35 of them that are deemed like the ones that they check off to see whether or not your site is ADA compliant. They go through that test um, and it'll give you like a score. Um, I do say that with those tests, they're about 25% accurate um, in that they're not counting all of the issues, of course, but they at least give you a gauger and a starting point to know like if there's something like that's really off and you need to pay attention to it. And what should we be aiming for? Should should the expectation for anyone with a website out there be 100%? You know, like what 
what like are you like okay i'll get a pass fail like i'll 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 get by with a c or should you be like no i need to get an a on this accessibility test i know it's crazy because this is still like shades of gray um because it's not requirement yet so every state has its own regulations but there's levels to ada compliance there's like level a aa and aaa triple a aa which is the middle ground double a there's about 38 requirements that are that are required for you to be what's called industry standard. So that's like the happy medium. I would say that's a goal um, to kind of go for that. Um, because if you're trying to go to AAA, that means that you're like full safe, like 100 um, percent more like a federal government type of body or website. But um, middle ground is always good. Okay. So run a test and you said um, wave, site improve. And what was the other one you said? Ace. ACE. Okay. That those are all free resources. We'll put those in the show notes on businessonthebrightside.com. So step two is really, you said, working with your web designer or developer um, to kind of go through and audit your site, maybe use what you learned from that test and see where you can improve or tell us a little bit about what we should do next. Exactly. Because that test, those tests are going to show to you areas of improvement for sure. Um, Like for example, I've seen this a lot where companies who have very light colored brands, like they're very pale or like muted, those companies may have issues because the contrast in color may deem itself not visible from someone who's colorblind. So that's a clear indication where you can go to your website designer or developer and be like, honestly, we may need to reconsider how we're branding myself and change the colors a little bit. So it could be something to that effect. Or it could be something, you know, more detailed where say, for example, your fonts are very scripty on your website, but you want to make sure they're more legible. So those are like simple changes you can do with your website developer or designer to make your site more accessible. And there though, it can get, you know, depending on, yeah, um, you know, if you have a lot of movement on your website, you may want to think about eliminating some of that. Yeah. Are there any like no fly zone colors that we should stay away from, you know? So it's sad, but pinks, especially blush pinks. I know a lot of my creative entrepreneurs, um, those colors, because those are the ones that people can't see. If you've ever thought about it, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the social media touch platforms and touch points, they all utilize the color blue because that is the one color that throughout the spectrum, people can actually see the variants of color. Wow. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. That is so true. Um, So no pinks, blues, but I want girl power. We don't want. (laughs) Oh, exactly. But if you do use pink, you just got to make sure that it's very vibrant or at least bold in it. Yeah. And then you have a checklist for your website too, right? Exactly. That people can use. So where can people find that, that checklist? So they can actually go to my website and download it or email me as well. That's another way. We'll, we'll put it in again in the, your, a link to your website with a checklist in the show notes, um, businessonthebrightside.com. You guys can find this show, three ways to make your website accessible. So, okay, step one, run a test. We have those free services. Step two, meet with your designer or developer, or if that's you, you know, you might like now there's so many plug and play um, site builders out there that you might be able to go through and make some of these recommended changes yourself by using the free task and uh, Myrna's checklist. But step three, I'm really excited about because this is something that Myrna helped me do and that I was one of your, was I one of your first customers for this? Yeah, you were one of my yes. betas. Yes. So my- <laughs> this is called Active ADA. And if you go to my website, jessextrum.com, and I believe it's also on Business on the Bright Side, 
you can see that widget in the bottom left-hand corner. And Myrna, why don't you tell us about this widget? Because I am obsessed. Yeah, I love it too. It's a little lifesaver that you're looking for. It looks literally like a lifesaver. The goal of this thing and what it is, is it's an overlay that sits on top of your website that allows for anyone visiting your website to be met where they are. And what I mean by that is it allows for them to have the ability to check off areas that they may want assistance with, whether it is that your fonts are too small, they want to enlarge your fonts, whether it is that they want a more focal area because they're ADHD prone, there's a focal bar that'll come through and allow for them to focus. If they wanted so that the fonts could be changed so that they're more legible, it will do that as well. It also works very well with screen readers, which is what blind people utilize in order to um, interpret what the website is about. Um, So it's pretty amazing. And again, it meets them where they are. So it's not like you're sitting there trying to manipulate your website to kind of meet their accessibility needs. They are doing it. And so it's giving them that freedom to choose. And that's why I love it so much. It is seriously incredible. I mean, the moment you you embedded it on our site and well, let me, I'll, I'll tell a little bit about the journey that I did with you because we didn't start with the plugin. We started with SEO and kind of optimizing my site. Why was that important to do first before you install the active ADA plugin? And like, how do you suggest people go about doing this and what, what is it that you offer that can help? Yeah. So yeah, first things first, what we did was we took care of just as DigiHome. And what I mean by that is um, in order for the search engines to connect the dots and actually have people visit her site on a more frequent basis because they are showing you come up in search engines, there are some things and some tactics that we needed to do in order to optimize your site so that you would show up in a ranking of one, two, three, and so forth. So people could find you. Which I was blown away by because like you said one time you were like, people spend hours on one Instagram post that like has a lifetime of an hour, (laughs) you know, if people spent that same amount of time crafting their Instagram as what they put into SEO, like the amount of traffic that you'll get is 10 X, which is amazing. Yeah. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It is the one converter that will convert for you for years to come, as opposed to like a viral post that you may post on some social media platform. You know, I can't say enough about SEO and how important it is because at the end of the day, it is the end all be all because someone seeing you pop up in a search result will give you so much more cred than any post will. So I'm all about SEO and that's kind of been something that I've been preaching about for years. When, when Headbands of Hope made it to page one of like, if someone searched headbands or whatever, we were like, we've made it. <laughs> We're on the first page of Google. And I think I used to like rank on the first page for like college speakers or something like that, where I was like, oh, hell yeah. So yeah. (laughs) And it's like that instant gratification uh, of conversion. Like people automatically trust it and they will click on you. So yeah, that's why I think SEO is still so important and people are still like, how do I get to page one on Google? Yeah, (laughs) totally. Well, okay. So if everyone who's listening, you can go to my site, jessextrum.com and check out this widget in the bottom left, play with it. It's really cool. And I, you just sent me my certificate that I am ADA compliant. Correct. Because the test will test for, like I said, those 30 to 38, 35 um, 
requirements. Yeah. We passed all of those. So. Woo! And um, we'll put a link also in the show notes of this episode. If you guys are want to learn more about working with Myrna and installing the active ADA plugin on your site, but I suggest you do you know, a holistic audit of your site. So not just in terms of accessibility, but like, where do you want people to meet you? Keywords, search terms. I mean, just even thinking about like, what would you want someone to put in the search bar to land on your page? Like you asked me that Myrna and I was like, oh shit, I don't even know. That's... (laughs) I, I, I've been doing this for years and I was like, what, what, it's, yeah. What are people searching for to find me? Yeah. It's crazy. People don't even think about that, but yeah, I tell people all the time, think about your buyer's journey and think about it from the point of when they don't even know you exist yet, what are they searching for? When they have a clue and they're just like, huh, interest. And they start searching for you. And then when they actually have a little bit more experience in your craft, and see what they're searching for there too. So it's like a three-step process because you want to kind of fill all of those. Because again, the goal is meeting people where they are. So. Mm, I love that. So, okay, just to recap this episode, three ways to make your website accessible. One, run a test. And we have those free testing sites on businessonthebrightside.com. Two, work with your designer or your developer or yourself to go through your website and see where there can be improvements. And you can also use Myrna's checklist, which we'll link to in the show notes as well. And three, if you want to go big, which I highly suggest, is getting Myrna's active ADA plugin that really optimizes your entire website, which I have on my website. But Myrna, what's like any parting words, one thing that people should think about as they step into just get, getting more visibility, but in an accessible and inclusive way. So I think if I could leave with like parting words, I would say, look, in order to accomplish DML, which is digital media optimization, you want to be the most optimized as possible. You not only have to consider how diverse you are, how inclusive you are, but also how accessible you are in order to really, really make an impact. I love it. And where can people find you, Myrna? You can find me at Myrna P. Jarami pretty much everywhere online. Um, (laughs) I'd be disappointed if the digital uh, optimization specialist was not everywhere (laughs) online. They're like, if you were just like, actually, I don't have a website, I'd be like, what? Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Thanks, Myrna. Thank you so much, honey. Thanks for listening to Business on the Bright Side with Jess Ekstrom. I love to send out the episodes every Monday with a quick text and a quote from me. So text me the word podcast to 704-228-9495. That's 704-228-9495. And if you want to see what the show notes are from this episode, head to businessonthebrightside.com. Hit subscribe here, write a review, and I'll see you on Monday.